Once again, if uh, you're a guest with us today, welcome. We're glad that you're with us today, this Father's Day. Uh, my name's Daryl. I'm the lead pastor here. And I just want to, um, again, just thank everybody that participated in helping us uh, uh, make um, West Fest our booth and all that so successful. There's so many hands and so many pieces that come together. So I really want to thank you for that. Um, also, you know, happy Father's Day, right? This, you know, God bless you guys. Happy Dad's Day. Um, matter of fact, you know, if you were with us Mother's Day, uh, I put on my, my, uh, my best, period. Not my Sunday best. It's just my best. It's, it, there's only one best hanging up in the closet. One. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, guys, I love you. I care for you. So what I did is I asked Vern to show up with his. And there he is. Stand up, Vern. Thank you very much. Come on. All right. Thank you. Somebody had to step up, and he was the man. I'm telling you. The Spirit of God is moving. I have another announcement. Um, you know, they had this karaoke contest. Yesterday, right? Yeah? And our very own Daniel, our worship leader, assistant pastor, Daniel, went and put his 10 bucks down and said, I'm in. And um, so they, I think there was like 10 to 12 concess, uh, uh, participants. And he took first place. Yeah. He sang a Beatles song. Come together. And that first place came with a fat check for like three minutes worth of competition. Well, not too fat, but fat enough. So, hey, congratulations, Daniel. You did a good job. And so, uh, before we get down the road too far, let's have all the dads stand up. Just stand up. Come on, let me give you a big hand. There you go. Come on, stand up. Well, I worked it out. Uh, we buy our, now stay up, stay up, dads. We buy our coffee from um, uh, Hidden Peaks Coffee down the road. They roast it there. And so I talked to Derek, and we're giving everybody a cup of coffee on us. So will you pass those out? Stay up. And if you're a mom here and, you're, and your husband's not here, get one for him. Just as, as. There you go. So as, as Vern's talking about that, we've been talking about, started last week, we talked about four paradoxes in the scriptures. And, and I told you about a gentleman who has gone to be with the Lord. His name is Dick Mills. And he's been to our church a few times. And... Um, and he gave this, he actually gave this as a sermon one day, and this is, he wrote it out in his handwriting right here. And uh, just a faithful brother, just been around for a while, and, and just this solid uh, man of the word. And he wrote this out, and he gave this to me. And I've had this probably for 15 plus years. And when I'm done with it here, I'm going to frame it. 
put it on my desk. It sits on my desk as it is. But, um, and he talked about the four paradoxes of Scripture. One, we gain by losing, which we talked about um, last week. And today, we rise by lowering and then get by giving and live by dying. And all of those really is Jesus models that for us. And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about a few minutes. I might finish it next week, but a few minutes about rise by lowering, which is it's just a countercultural thought in our society. I mean, everything that we do is about, you know, achievement, right? You know, uh, Achievement in school, achievement in the workplace. It's all about moving up uh, the ladder, so to speak. So, um, in these, what we're talking about, we actually discover ourselves. And we talked a little bit last week about the, the fact that our society is so self-centered. You know, uh, the language of, I need to take care of number one because no one else will. And that's, that permeates our society. It's just kind of where we live. I've had people say that to me. Uh, I've said it. So uh, I know it to be true. But we left last week with, to truly find yourself is to lose yourself every chance you get. And what that statement means is you just take, op- you take the opportunities that God places in front of you to follow him and touch other people's lives effectively, by, a lot of times by just simple acts of uh, love and simple acts of giving. So if you have your Bibles, or you pull out your phone, go to your favorite app, and when you, once you get to your favorite app, or if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew 23. Now, I want to read, read this through, but um, it's where Jesus is really talking about how to be a good leader. He, he mentions this. And he says in verse 1, Then Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples, The teachers of religious laws and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. But don't follow. He says, listen to their teaching because they communicate the law better than anybody. But don't live like they live. Don't become them. But listen to them. That's kind of a paradox by itself, right? Listen to them, but don't be them. But don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people under unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease their burden. So in other words, Jesus they're always putting stuff on them. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside. They wear robes with extra long tassels. 
And they love to sit at the head of the table, the banquet, and the seats of honor in the synagogue. They love to receive respectable greetings as they walk in the marketplace and be called rabbi, teacher. Don't let anyone call you rabbi. And here Jesus is giving his disciples, his followers, some real instruction. Don't let anybody call you rabbi. For you have only one teacher, and all of you are equal as brothers and sisters. All of us are equal as brothers and sisters. And don't address anyone on the earth as father, for only God in heaven is your spiritual father. And don't let anyone call you teacher, for you are only one teacher. That's the Messiah. The greatest among you must be your servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You rise by lowering. Verse 12. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So we could go in all what he he said with the Pharisees, But I think for a moment, let's just talk about what that means for us and in our society. Let me tell you a story, and this is pretty fresh. It happened during um, the sabbatical last year. Lisa and I went to a retreat center and had four outrageously lovely days of silence. Four days of silence in the foothills of the Rockies. Me, myself, and I, with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, had a party. And they had this this little um, uh, gazebo that was like a half a mile away from the center, and I'd go out there, and I, I would hang out at that gazebo, and I'd read Scripture, and I'd talk to God, and it was just, even the meals were silent. I'd go sit in front of Lisa and she'd go. You know, it was, it was really kind of fun, actually. And it, it was really rich time. Actually, I, I would suggest you practice that. Take a few hours and just try to just be quiet and, and take in uh, and put yourself, you know, away from the freeway. Maybe go find a park or something like that and just kind of take in what's going on. Just, just recognize God's moving around you. But what happened is during that time, God said a few things to me. One of the things he said to me, he says, Daryl, you'll forever be a novice. A novice? Forever? You know, but I actually thought, well, that's not bad because I really like to learn. You know, I've got a degree. I got certificates and all kinds of little things, you know. Uh, You know, at one time I was thinking about going and getting my master's. And I decided that's too much peripheral work for me uh, because they always have you do things you don't like. And I'm not good at doing things I don't like. So I decided, well, I think all I'll do is just take you know, certification-type courses that really help me focus on the things I like. So I, I started doing that, and I got a few of those. So in that aspect of it, I didn't mind that. I just didn't mind that. And it's not that I love education, I love learning. The problem is I just don't like to study. Okay? I'm just, this transparency here. I love to learn, 
but I hate to study. So over the years, I've learned to even embrace studying because I, because uh, I focus mostly on my, my stuff is growing in my relationship with God. So from that retreat center, we go to missional leaders uh, meeting, which I've been a part of for probably 18 years and even a part of the team that helps, you know, make that whole thing function and everything and all of that kind of stuff. And we run, Lisa and I run a few different things that are going on there, just kind of behind the scenes more than anything else. It's a support role. And um, so here I am, novice, novice. And so um, this, one, this one speaker one night, this brother, introduces this person. Says, well, I want to introduce so-and-so to you. Nice guy, great person, uh, as the expert. The expert. The expert that I helped train. The expert that I was part of mentoring and working with. The expert that... I know like tons more than he does about what he's talking about because I've been at it longer. The expert. And I can't tell you how that bothered me. I, can't, I just can't tell you. It bugged me. It just really bugged me. I'm telling you. Did it tell you that it bothered me? Okay, I was just wondering. And so, um, I, and I, I, I feel this negative, I feel this negative emotion and, you know, pity and what about me? You know, all this stuff and all that kind of stuff. Just all of that. I feel that. And so I, uh, we get home and I'm kind of working and it's just this kind of this ongoing little irritation happening. And then finally the Lord said, Daryl, aren't I enough? Isn't it good enough that I appreciate you? That I think you're the best? That I think you're wonderful? Isn't it satisfying enough that I'm for you and with you and I am behind you all the way and I just think you're great? Well, yeah, Lord, but what about no? Am I not enough? Yes, you are. Yes, you are enough. As Scripture says, I think it was either Samuel or David, one of them said that, you are my all in all. And I just kind of let that rest on me for days. And I went, you know what? Lord, I am so glad that that person has gotten to that point that he has those kinds of people looking at him saying, he does this this well. I am so grateful to have this little part of his life, to be able to see this person just be illuminated in front of me. I am so grateful that he does what he does. I am so grateful that we're part of the same family. I am so grateful, Lord, for that. And you know what, Lord? I'm even grateful that I'm forever a novice. Grateful. And um, 
And I was just, as I began saying those very things, I just sent this, this sense of freedom move in my life. Like settledness. I was just settled. And I'm okay with that. So we have great examples. And one of the things that I'm just... Um, as you think about the idea of greatness and leadership and all those kinds of things, of respect, honor, all the things that, that moves within the life of our society. I love what Albert Einstein said. He said, try not to become a man or woman of success, but rather try to become a man or woman of value. Of value. And I thought about that for, I just thought about that quote. You know, it is value, our core value is what makes who we are. It makes the difference of how we interact with others and our family, not only with our family, but with our friends in the corporate world, in in the factory world, whatever world. Our core value is what sets us apart from everything else. The things we value. You know, as you know, we value the kingdom of God. Some of the things, uh, culturally relevant missions, you know, missions that makes a difference. Reconciliation, a reconciling community. Reconciling community. Not only with one another, not only with Christ, but with one another and with those outside the walls. Those are what we value. We value cultivating compassion. Those are the things we... And it isn't just during what we would call religious work. But it's a lifestyle. It's core values. It's what forms us. It's what makes us think. And tech, supposedly. We value the presence of God. We value that presence. So I have a little clip I want to watch. Just a couple of minutes here. Amen. I would suggest to us today, as I have the worship team come forward, because we, we can always just pick this up next week, but I would suggest that some of us really need to think through your core values. Some of you... Uh, you, 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 know, you know those old ping pong, those old, what are they called, tables that the ball goes, what do they call those? Come on. Pinball machine. Yeah, no, I'm not talking the who here. Uh, um, um, some of us, our lives are like that. Whatever is in the moment is what you're focused on, and it's not, your decisions are not driven by your core values. Their decisions are made by the moment. And then the devil comes and hits that button and smack. You're hitting right all over the place. And then another issue comes up. And there you are there. And you haven't even really worked through this one. And then you have this other decision. And you're, and you, because you don't have those core values. You don't have the, the, that, that, that centeredness in Christ and how to make decisions. Your life feels and is that ball in that machine. 
And I know this is hard to hear. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm really not trying to be mean. But then right at the right time, the devil comes in and pushes that button. And at one point, we all just say, oh, you know, enough's enough, right? Now, look, I'm, I'm talking from experience. I've been in that dumb machine. I've been there. I know how that works. And then I realize that, you know what? I have a Savior that loves me more than I can ever imagine, ever imagine, that cares about me in every way, no matter, no matter what life brings me. And it's brought my own list of troubles like everybody else. No matter what that is, my God loves me, and I need to start making my decisions, my life decisions, my immediate decisions, all of my decisions in such a way that represents these core values that I believe in, right? Does that make sense? Now, I want to encourage some of you, because sometimes I hear people or people around me say, well, you know, God just, he just doesn't, I think God's mad at me. And I go, no, 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 he's not mad at you, trust me. Because you really know that. But what's, what's going on here is, we don't think about the choices we make, the decisions we make, and how, the, how they get manipulated in our lives. And at one point, all of us, every one of us, have to sit there and think about what is my core values? What are the things? What is, what's my true north? And I'll tell you, once you start doing that, Life will come against that, and you will have to make difficult choices based on those core values. There is no way around it. I'll give you just a a quick little example. Most of you know this, but I don't watch R-rated movies. I don't do it. Lots of reasons. For me, it would be sin, and I know that. But the reason I began doing that is because I wanted to model for my children because I wouldn't let them. And I hated those terms. Do as I say, not as I do. That's something I took into parenthood that I said, I will never say that. And so I made that. It's part of my core value. I made that decision and modeled that to my kids. So I would not watch programs that I wouldn't let them watch. Now, have I probably failed that? To some degree, I'm sure. But overall, overall, I'm batting better. I'm batting pretty darn good. Absolutely, and all that other stuff. So that's just me. I'm not trying to say you should be that way. This is a personal core value conviction for me. And I've never, ever told somebody, you, you need to do this because this is only the way God thinks about that. I've never said that. You've got to live your life. But those are one, just one thing. But these core values that we mentioned here, and if you want to know more about that, Vineyard Core Values, we have this little booklet outside. But just quickly, I think I need to, I'm talking to enough of us. You, you want to get out of that pinball machine? Your core values will get you there. Jesus will walk you out of that. You, and, but you, you really, and you, you, somebody can't, we can't do that for people. This is between you and God. 
This is, this is understanding God's word and saying yes to it. We call it, ultimately, we call it discipleship. That's what it is, being a, discipler, a, a disciple of Jesus Christ, ultimately. We're going to have our, um, take our offering now. We're going to have our ushers come in. They're going to take, our, take our offering. I want to I say how much uh, we appreciate your commitment to give. And we, we thank you. I know it's, you know, giving, giving church, giving, you know, uh, of your finances to us is a sacrifice. And I want to tell you how much we appreciate that. We just do. We, God bless you for that. God bless you for taking, uh, being obedient and having the sacrifice.